Um, I wanted to share an experience with you. Was any, were any of you here when Bhante Sujatha talked Monday night? It's, well, there's some, you were? Yeah, and he talked about um, uh, when he doesn't have a storyline, he doesn't feel as sick when he's feeling bad, if he doesn't have a storyline about it. I mean, one thing he was talking about. Uh, it, he didn't feel as bad physically. But I was, um, I was just at the beginning on Monday night of a, uh, second sinus infection in the, in a month. So I, I wanted to share my experience with that because I felt like I was living, um, what's, uh, what's Groundhog's Day? Because <laughs> about a month ago, I suddenly, out of nowhere, had a terrible toothache back in my upper left wisdom tooth, I thought. So over the last few years, I've had a few back teeth crack and had dental work done, so uh, nothing should be nothing should be broken or hurting. And it was terrible, so the earliest I could... This was a month ago. So the earliest I could get in to see my dentist was about two days after that started. So I had some really absolutely terrible nights and days um, until I got to see the dentist and she x-rayed the tooth and said it's not your tooth you have a sinus infection and I guess that's one way they can manifest and so she gave me a super strong antibiotic and sent me on my way and uh, the worst pain was probably already over but the antibiotic just made me feel like things are going to get better pretty fast. And that was on a Wednesday. So two days later, I had a regular physical with my primary doctor and told her about it. And she changed the antibiotic. So I had just two, like two and a half days on the first antibiotic. So I just put it away and um, just chalked that up as a weird experience that a toothache could be a sinus infection. And it was terrible, um, terrible bad week. And uh, then the, then two weeks went by after I finished taking all the first antibiotic, and uh, I assumed it was all gone. And then this Sunday, I started getting that same toothache again. And I thought, oh, no, I don't want, this can't be. But I knew I had the antibiotics, so I dug those out and started taking antibiotics right away. But I probably had, uh, last night, no sleep at all. I was up all night long with the pain, just the, and it was the same exact pain. And I thought, I'm just reliving this same horrible experience. And I thought, I thought about that movie about Groundhog Day, and I thought, and I kept thinking about Bonte's talk, and I thought, Okay, I just need the the first time it happened, I thought, how can it be this bad even if I've even when I've chipped a tooth before, it didn't have that kind of pain. So this time it was a it was a different experience, but the pain was not less. Uh I had already started taking the antibiotics, so I I didn't have the fear of the pain continuing for 4 days, but I was up all night long and uh I allowed myself to groan and moan like I had the first time. But I kept thinking, 
Okay, I don't need to make up any stories about this, like I'm dying or what's happening or uh, I'm sure this is never going to end and this is just going to be like I'm going to have this forever. And I just tried to stay with the pain and I tried to stay and I just tried to really pay attention to it. So the same way we do when we when we're practicing with meditation, we can pay attention to things in our bodies um, and we can work with pain that way. So I thought, okay, I'm always telling people to do that. So this pain, the pain was just so heavy and insistent. So I would watch it and I'd watch to see where it moved and what it was exactly. And uh, it didn't make the pain go away, but I was able to just be with that pain. And, uh, and I wasn't making stories about it. It was pain, and it, and I wasn't making it go away. But I didn't have the fear and the. Uh, I was able to let go of the stories, so that seemed to make my mind relax a little bit more. And I knew I just wanted to finally fall asleep because I'd I'd be asleep, so I wouldn't feel the pain. And I and I rarely have trouble going to sleep and. I'm not used to being awake all night with pain. And uh, I knew I'd feel terrible the next day, which was today. And so I must have fallen asleep about 4 o'clock. And so when I woke up at 9, I, I woke up and realized I was waking up and just was like, okay, let's see what this is going to be like. And the, the, pain, had, the pain was gone, the, the intense throbbing pulsating pain was gone. And so I felt like, okay, I, I made it through the night, and the pain, it broke, and uh, it, I felt much better. And so that whole experience, it, I was, um, it, was, it was disillusioning to have the same thing happen again, like another sinus infection, and antibiotics do a number to your body. You know, if you... When you take strong antibiotics, it, it takes a long time for them to get out of your body. And so I'd been kind of miserable for the whole month because of that. But um, it, the experience was, it, it was like Bhante Sujatha talks about. And I know Bhante has chronic pain that he deals with. But I always assumed that he never had stories about his pain. I always assumed he, he, he just was, he really was good at enduring pain because I know it's difficult pain. He, it never slows him down. But that kind, the kind of pain I had just flattened me. It immobilized me. So I thought, oh, Bonte's got some kind of superhuman way to deal with his pain because he just keeps going. But, um, I think the secret to it is really about not having the stories about it and and staying with it, which is um, not pleasant to do. But it's also, it's also impossible not to stay with it in one sense. But I know when we can work with that pain and stay with it, it can, it can allow us to even use it as like the, the focus of our practice. It can be, it can be what helps us learn to concentrate, and uh, 
you know, I just kept, I just kept feeling the pulsing because I thought maybe I'm going to experience like it'll get less or it'll get, uh, the intervals will be longer. That didn't happen until I fell asleep, but, um, it was looking at that pain made it be like, I just let it be my complete focus, just trying to see if I could maybe find that it wasn't exactly what I thought it was, or maybe it, maybe there were some intervals. So I don't know if, I'm sure all of you have had similar experiences, but uh, the biggest thing I realized was, was to not keep making the stories about uh, why is this happening to me like the second time in one month, and what does that mean, and what kind of, what terrible thing is that about? That was that was the the storyline that I was trying to stay away from. So, uh, and I'm because I'm getting old. I'm, I'm aging, and I can really feel it. So, uh, I'll be seven. I had just realized a couple of days before all this that I will be seventy-one in January, and that hit me harder than being seventy hit me. It was like, oh, it doesn't just stop there. I can't just stay seventy. It's going to keep going. And it was a real, like, uh, insight, or sort of a drastic insight, like, oh, it's just going to keep piling up. It's not going to just stabilize somewhere. And so to be sick again, a few days later, I think I was thinking, is this what getting old is going to be like? Am I going to just be sick all the time? And is it going to be this, you know, sinus infection is just awful. So... Um, it was, it was quite a night. And, and you know how wonderful it is when, when a fever breaks, or I feel like that's kind of how this felt. You, you feel so good that you're just not feeling that constant pain, that it just feels good to be alive. Um, and I thought, I'm really lucky, because, you know, there are a lot of people whose lives end with that kind of pain. And that's, that's, they're experiencing that pain even, even when they're passing. And, and then as, uh, as Buddhists, we tell, we, we tell people, oh, it's really, it's really good if you can be peaceful when you die. You know, that's how you want to be. And, uh, that's not how everybody dies. And you don't, you know, when I was thinking, thinking about that, I thought, we don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know what situation we'll be in. Uh, it seems like in America now, you're either totally fully aware of the pain or you're drugged up so much that you, that you don't feel it. And we haven't figured out a way to, to uh, make it kind of in between those two. But, uh, it just, it was made it interesting for me to think about we're always telling people, well, you, you know, the goal is to try to have a peaceful death. The goal is if you're with someone in this, in the, in stages of dying, you want to help them be calm and help them be peaceful. And I mean, I was like groaning during the night. I think I don't live with any, I don't have anybody living with me and my dogs, you know, passed away. So I wasn't scaring the dogs. I just allowed myself to groan when it was really bad. Um, and when you think about dying, that's probably how people feel. It's like having a baby or something. And uh, 
to try to to try to also want want them to be peaceful as they pass. That's a big we're asking a lot. And then of course if we're if we are uh, someone who loves the person dying and that's the kind of death they're having, it's it would be very hard for us to be peaceful at that time too. So I thought this is going to take a lot this is going to take a lot of work. There's a lot of work to be done because what what the Buddha was talking about was if even if there's great pain, even if there's that horrible uh pain and agony of dying and some of his his closest students had very painful deaths and had very uh, I guess they didn't have morphine the way we do today, but they had they they had agonizing deaths, and um, he was you know the Buddha was adamant about that, and he would he sent a message to one of his one of his I guess closest as he and the Buddha was was old and this student was old, he even sent a message to ask him you know how he the Buddha knew he was in pain, and ask him in how he was doing and how his practice was. And what the Buddha wanted to, to, to ask a student was, are you able to practice through this? Are you able to, to meet this very painful death with a calm mind? And uh, this, that student was able to because he'd been practicing with the Buddha for probably 40, 50 years. So... It just what it what it did for me was make me think about. It's very easy when there's pain, and I've been lucky. I haven't had that kind of pain during my life or anything chronic, even. But it's when you're really in the grips of pain. That's pretty much all there is. It would. It's very hard to think about being as being being calm, and uh, not just totally caught up in the pain. And the pain, it's when what we're looking at is developing our practice so that pain may be there, but our but our we're right there being mindful and and doing everything we can to to uh keep our keep our minds and keep our attention and keep our concentration and being able to meet to meet our death no matter what no matter what's going on around us. So I think that was that was probably the purpose I was having Groundhog Groundhog's Day for I hope I hope it was enough. I hope I got but think about your own practice. Like would it is your practice strong enough to withstand? I mean think about what what could your practice uh, get you through right now? Or I, I've had peri- I have had periods when I first became a Buddhist and first started meditating. I had a period in my life where, uh, after about five years of that, my kids were teenagers, and I it got harder and harder to drive to Milwaukee to be with the group I was in. Um, but my son was going through every kind of problem a fourteen, fifteen-year-old teenager could go through. And it meant lots of calls from the school and the principal and, you know, calls when I was at work and it was, it was terrible. 
And I remember how terrible it was in talking to a good friend in California, and I just broke down on the phone. And then she said to me, are you still meditating? Because I know you started, you've been doing that. And I had forgotten my meditation. I had just literally, it, it just wasn't even there for me. I was so caught up in being a single mom and single parent and feeling like what a failure I was. And, you know, my my son, who I loved so much, was just, I couldn't figure him out and I didn't know what I was going to do and worries about what the path he was on. And... And in doing that, I, my practice wasn't strong enough for me to even call it to mind. And that was, that was such a shock. And I told her, I said, you know what? I haven't even turned to that. I've been so, like, befuddled. My own mind was so, uh, unfocused. I was just trying to concentrate on a problem at hand. And I wasn't looking at what I needed to do to, to, uh, have a clear mind. And, uh, and I told her, I remember telling her, I said, you know, that's, I don't, be- I can't believe it, but I just let it slip away. And, uh, I said, but you know what? I, there's a, there's a thing in the post office that says there's a Buddhist monk coming to Williams Bay and he's going to start teaching a meditation group. And it was three blocks from my house. And I knew the people who were putting it together, so I knew it was it would it would be something good. And I said, and that that's like a Saturday afternoon. I don't have to, you know, I can do I can make it. I can just walk to those, and that'll help me get back into practice. And that's when I met Bhante Sujata. And uh, I I mean, it couldn't have happened at a time when I needed it anymore. So. Uh, it's it i so i know and i had already been practicing and going to retreats and doing all kinds of things and when when a crisis came up and with my kid with my my two kids never was never my daughter it was always my son and uh it, i i know how quickly something that we know is precious and that helps us I know from my own experience how we can lose it. So, you know, think about your own practice and what 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 you could go through that would cause you to to lose it. And and all the different possibilities. I mean, is your is your pra- your meditation practice and we meditate just so when we get up off the cushion and just go on with our daily lives, our meditation is to help our daily life. It's not just to say, oh, I meditate. I meditate every day. So, you know, isn't that good? Because I could, I mean, I I knew I, I could sit. I was trying to learn how to sit like a rock for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And that was kind of, I think that that was about the extent of what I thought meditation was, even after all the the classes and retreats and things I had gone to. Um, So we're only meditating to be able to get up and make the rest of our lives be, you know, meditation in, in action. And we're learning to develop that concentration, and that's just when we relax into our breath, 
and let that be the only thing that we're paying attention to, the only thing that matters is just being with our breath. And when you think about it, that's such a calm, pleasing idea. If you've had a busy, busy, hectic day, not, it doesn't it sound good to think that you just give yourself 25 minutes to just let go of all that? But, you know, we know, we all know how hard it is because our, our mind just wants to be scattered. Our mind wants to be planning and scheming and worrying. And So just that quality of allowing ourselves to focus completely on our breath and coming back to it over and over to learn that, that is... That's so much training for we for we don't know we don't even know what that training's about, but it's we know it's to help us live our daily lives, being able to feel calmer and more tranquil and to be able to make decisions from that calmer place. But it's gonna we need it to be more than that too. It needs to be it needs to go with us into our death. And dying, it needs to go with us into being with our loved ones when they're in great pain or in great need. And uh, we, we, you know, we're practicing for that. We're practicing for for all of our lives, and being the person that they can depend on when they need us, and uh, being able to be joyful when there's joy to be had in the world, and. Uh, so we have to be mindful of that too, all the good, wonderful things, not just, you know, being ready for those difficult situations. We need to be ready for the, the delight and the joy and the happiness in our lives. So just try to learn all you can about how to take care of yourself. And I think the, the number one way is to learn that meditation, this practice that we do, this training, is uh, is is good for the rest of our lives, and we want it to be solid enough that we don't lose it, that it that or that we don't abandon it when we really need it. Okay, thank you very much. Remember, this Saturday is a precept ceremony, so if you're taking the precepts, please try to be here by nine thirty. Um, just you know, you know the drill. If you have any questions, ask me tonight. But it's that's also a beautiful, happy ceremony, and people get um, people get nervous about it. But it's really, it's really, it should be a lot of fun. There's nothing to get nervous about, and it's easy. But be sure uh, if you're not taking the precepts, come to that anyway. It's at our regular ten o'clock service. And we make the people taking the precepts come at 9.30 to make them be a little bit more nervous. <laughs> um, but if you come and watch that, I think you can, there's a lot of beauty. It's just beautiful because you see all these happy people and uh, nervous but happy. And you get to hear all their Buddhist names and what they mean. Bhante Bhati was uh, in charge of picking the names this year. So... And a lot of thought goes into that. There's there's definitely a lot of thought in picking those names, and that's always fun for people to start trying to figure out why they got the name they got. 
Uh, but it's, it's a nice ceremony. It's probably our biggest ceremony of the year. So, I mean, it's in terms of people that are involved in the ceremony. So uh, try to come if you can. Just be the audience and cheer them on. And if you're involved in it, well, just come and enjoy the, the morning. <laughs>